I'd say when things are going really well, very important to not just ride that wave, but you know, double down and invest in your people. And on the other side of things, when things aren't going so well, you know, it's natural to claw back on expenses, right? I encourage everyone, whether it's client giant or anything you're doing, taking pick care of people or like charities you're donating to, whatever it is. I really encourage people not to claw back there because it's not an expense. It is an investment in so many different ways. And the solution to saving your business during a downtime is not abandoning your customers. You're listening to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Risser, Executive Vice President, Strategic Partnerships with Rate My Agent, a digital marketing platform designed to help great agents harness the power of verified reviews. For more information, head on over to ratemyagent.com. Listen in as I interview industry leaders and get their stories and journeys to the world of real estate. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 335 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in and thank you so much for telling a friend. Today, I'm going to be talking to Jay O'Brien. Jay is the co-founder of Client Giant. I saw Jay speak at an Inman event back in 2018 And he talked about how he's providing seven-star service in a three-star world. And a big piece of that was really taking care of the customer in a very consistent way by delivering value-added items to the transaction. I'm telling you, you've got to hear what this is all about. I'm not going to spill the beans here. I'll let you listen in and, and hear Jay's take on how to take care of clients, how to provide exceptional service, and how to get them talking about you without you even really trying. So let's get this thing started. Jay, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. Yeah. You know, you, I met you. Well, I, I take that back. I know I learned of you in August of 2018 when you were doing a presentation uh, for Inman, and it was a really cool presentation. I was a ambassador at the time. I know I tweeted out a bunch of stuff about it. I thought it was very cool. Um, And we'll get back to that. We will talk about that. I love to start, though, at the beginning with my guests. And for you, it's going to be, I know you're based in Southern California, more specifically Orange County. Are you a native of SoCal? I am. I've never left. If I ever leave, it'll be to Hawaii. But I I was born here um, in Orange County. And I've, yeah, I've never lived anywhere else. Wow. Well, I got to ask you this question, then Dodgers or Angels? Because you're really close to the Angels, but the Dodgers have a thing. Bill, you're not going to like my answer. Oh, no. But the answer is neither because neither of those teams play golf. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm just not I'm not a sports guy. I'm not a big fan of either. If I had to choose one, I'd say Angels. But um, because, you know, grew up going to Angels games and stuff. So I enjoy going to a hockey game, a baseball game um, and what have you. But I, I couldn't tell you what's going on unless it's like the world series or something. Gotcha. So, and, well, e- and even then it could be dicey. Okay. Well, let's, let's switch then golf. So yeah. you played like in school, that kind of uh, golf. No. In fact, I used to play once or twice a year, like on vacation, you know, and it was fun enough. You know, you have some beers with your friends out on a golf course, but in 2020, it was one of the few things you could go do. Mm-hmm. So I got very addicted to it. And now I play like three times a week. Nice. Um, so, I'm, I'm addicted to the sport now. And there's some great courses up your way. So I'm sure you've had some fun. Um, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful courses. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about 
a little bit, just a little bit more about Orange County. I mean, tell me, because it is its own unique place. It's not LA. It's not San Diego. It's Orange County. Besides, well, the the amazing weather that Southern California enjoys. Tell me, uh, what do you like best about where you grew up? Yeah, one of the reasons it's hard to leave. I mean, obviously, the the weather is the easiest one, um, but the convenience. I mean, I could go to an Angels game and then be home in 15 minutes. I could go to Disneyland, be home in 20 minutes. I could go to you know San Clemente, um, L.A., Long Beach, really all over the place. And in Orange County, it's kind of got the best of everything, especially in the last, I'd say, 10 years. There's a big food scene that's popped up. So mm-hmm. you don't need to go to L.A. to get like the best restaurants or anything like that. You got great cocktail bars. Everything is really here. Great beaches. But um, it's also very close to like Big Bear if you wanted a mountain kind of vibe as well as the desert like Palm Springs. So, you know, it's just it's hard it's it's so optimized that it's hard to leave it. Well, you got to talk about Balboa Island then if you're talking about a place that's kind of cool and got some great stuff and really just blown up totally. over the years, right? Yeah, that's a cool place. Yeah, Balboa Island. And also, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Lido Marina in mm. Newport Beach, but um, that area, um, it's, it's one of the few harbors I've seen that is just like really beautiful. And they did a great job with this one stretch that used to be kind of desolate and, and blown out and they did a whole development there and they've got great restaurants great shopping all the stuff right there on the marina so yeah i mean if you're in newport beach you grab a duffy you out with your friends it's uh it's, it's good living yeah i like that well let's talk about business a little bit you become a realtor around 2010 i think looking at your history but you had to be doing something before that it seems like real estate's always a second gig or sometimes third gig for some people what were you doing before yeah. Um, how much time do you have? <laughs> as much as you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've kind of always been addicted to work. I'm a type A personality through and through. So anything I do like golf, I just go nuts for. So my first job ever, um, you're going to laugh. I was nine years old. No, <laughs> no bullshit. So I went to my local video store, the video rental place, and I begged the owner, Kevin, to give me a job. And he like told me a million times, you're, you're too young to work. You can't work here. I was like, I'll work for free. I just want to work here. And eventually I brought my mom in and she's like, look, I don't know what to tell you. He wants to work here. He, he'll work here. He'll do everything he's got to do and he'll do it for free. And so that entire summer of my fourth grade summer, I my mom dropped me off at 9 a.m., with a sack lunch, I worked, I did everything. I took money in the cashier. I built these cardboard cutouts. I did, I mean, I, I was a full time employee. I worked till 5 PM. My mom would pick me up and I did it five days a week all summer for nothing. I mean, uh, he would buy me lunch sometimes or like, let me take Nintendo games home. But like, I was just addicted to the work. And so when I was actually able to work when I was 14, that was the first job I could get with a worker's permit. I got a job, um, as a caterer. So those jobs were brutal because there's a lot of manual labor, loading like semi trucks, going to company picnics, unloading, doing the whole setup, doing the lunch gig, packing up. So uh, my mom would drop me off at 6 a.m. in Placentia, and then she'd pick me up at 9 p.m. on the weekends. So I'd do that in my freshman and sophomore year of high school. And uh, that was that was brutal, but you know, I was working and then from there on went Dairy Queen, Best Buy, Valet, you know, and I never, ever had a gap in employment. 
fast forward to college, um, I got my degree, my bachelor's degree in economics and business administration. And I left uh, eight year tenure at Best Buy, went through their management program, everything great company, um, and lots of lots of good learnings from that company, and decided I wanted to get into corporate America. So 2010, I, uh, I did that. And it was the only job I needed that are that required a college degree and it was the worst job of my life it was the most toxic gnarly environment i mean just like backstabbing i've never seen anything like it and at that point i'd been around the block you know it wasn't like a green dude from college like oh what's this all about i knew like this is weird you know i stuck that through for about a year and a half i was uh interviewing other places and i you know i i got turned on to a lot of authors at that time from a buddy of mine that i was working with um gary vaynerchuk daniel pink seth godin tim ferris um you know who we're just coming out really with their first books at the time, probably not Seth Godin, but um, I got addicted to the idea that maybe it's not that I have the wrong job. Uh, maybe it's that I don't want a job. Maybe mm. I need to create a job for myself. There you go. And one of the easiest paths, I should, I shouldn't say easiest. I should say the lowest barriers to entry to do that is real estate. It's one of the few occupations that you can get into for very little money in terms of getting a license and get get getting up on your feet. You can do a lot of um, the grind through your hard work as opposed to needing money to get started. And what I did was I got licensed. A friend of a friend who survived through the recession um, was opening up a Remax brokerage. I talked with him and I became his very first agent and basically I knew it was going to be a a grind to make that jump. And so I left my corporate job to go back to Best Buy, which was very humbling. And the reason I did that was because if you work retail, you can work all hours, right? right? You can work super early. You could work really late. So I could still get eight hours a week or, or eight hours a day, five days a week, um, with a super flexible schedule while doing real estate right. eight hours a day. So <laughs> that's what I did. I, uh, I started the day at 6 a.m. I worked about till 2 p.m. Uh, doing real estate. And then I'd go to Best Buy and work there till 10 or 11 at night. And I did that for eight months until finally it got to a point where I had closed, uh, I think, three deals in those eight months. And uh, so I had enough to say, okay, I'm going to make this leap. And then in the next eight months, I did like 14 deals. Wow. So it was it, it made a lot of sense to take that time and, and put it into real estate. And that was um, that was 2011, 2012-ish. Nine, nine-year-old Jay came back and uh, decided yeah. to do whatever it took to get that, to get it working. Yeah. yeah. I'm no stranger to the hard work. That's, that's for sure. awesome. I love that. Uh, let, let's, I, I want to bring up, that that inman connect again it was um it was in august so i think was it in san francisco or was it the first one in vegas it might have been san francisco the last one if you're talking about <laughs> august 2018 that was san francisco yeah. and i had done another inman talk prior to that uh january 2018 in new york okay gotcha so i think it was the san francisco one i saw and um yeah uh, first of all how did you how did you get the uh 
how did you get the gig to give the talk at Inman? I mean, it's not a closed space, but they don't put out like, you know, calls for speakers. Generally, somebody knows somebody. How, how did you get that connection um, first? Yeah. So this path was basically, this kind of all ties together. So I'll rewind. Um, yeah. When I became a full-time real estate agent, you know, you do everything you can. You do anything and everything for a deal, right? I mean, I was going back to the nine-year-old Jay, like grinder, you know, I, uh, I mean, I would go on Craigslist at on Friday nights and I'd look up every garage sale in the area and then I'd run those addresses against tax records to see if the person owned or rented their house. And then I'd see, you know, I'd just say, Hey, if they're having a garage sale, maybe they're looking to sell their house. And then I'd reach out to all those people and door knock them and, and just see what I could shake loose. Now, nothing ever came of it, but that's not the point. The point is you have to try everything, right? So, um, I was trying everything, doing everything. And like many people do, you know, once you close a deal, you ask for a review. Um, hopefully you post that on your website. It goes on Yelp, Zillow, whatever. And after, per, you know, a couple of years of this, um, it was about 2013, 2014 when I think a lot of agents, I mean, not just agents, people in every industry, people in life, um, suffer from imposter syndrome, right? So even when you're doing, well, you think, yeah, but like, I'm not that great. <laughs> you know, like you're, I'm going to get figured out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and for me, it was very real because at the end of the day, if, if you said, why hire Jay instead of the agent down the street, I mean, you could say whatever you want, you know, I'm, I'm more knowledgeable. I I have better service, whatever, but it's like, yeah, I mean, to the layman who's just online, like you're the same you know, and you might never even get to have that conversation, which is, I guess, even more of the point. Yeah. So I started to comb through these reviews, these five-star reviews on Zillow of myself, right? To see what are people saying? Is there anything unique in there that they actually do perceive to be different above and beyond the competition? So there, there's things that are commending me for how punctual I am, organized, um, knowledgeable about the area. And I'm like, shit, man, I'm in trouble. That's anyone, anyone could do those things. Right. So it really kind of put things to the test where I was thinking, okay, well, what are things I can implement that are going to make my business truly defensible where not only can I grow the business and, and sell more homes every year and, and see success there, but be defensible so that like some of these tech companies that are coming in, aren't going to wipe me off the face of the planet. And it ultimately came down to remembering my first real estate experience, which was awful. And it just boiled down to customer service. When we go to like an insane hotel, like an Amon resort or like a Ritz Carlton or something where mm -hmm. they see every detail of montage where there's gifts in your room when you get back from the pool and like they've just covered every little detail. It makes you feel special. It makes you feel a certain way. You remember it. And when you when you're made to feel special, you'll tell anyone who will listen. And I figured, well, I already do that in a lot of segments of my life. You know, I'm um, a very philanthropic person. I'm, I'm, I believe, overly generous um, with my time and money. And that's just in my nature. It's how I was brought up. And, and I think I'll just double, triple, quadruple down on that in the real estate space. So I started to dissect what would, what would that look like? What would it look like to just have an insane experience? Um, and I started to write down pain points, you know, like what, what sucks about moving? 
Um, buying moving boxes sucks yeah. when you go to U-Haul or Home Depot. That's annoying. Um, it's, you know, it's costly, but it's, it's more annoying. Like it might not even fit in your car transferring you to your utilities and your forwarding of address and, and all these things and the stress that it carries all the while, while the loans going on, all these things. So I just started thinking, what are ways to like fill the pits and raise the peaks through a customer mm-hmm. journey with me when they hire me? And so I started to implement a lot of those things. And so there'd be things going out to my clients constantly. None of it had any marketing that would tie back to me. None of it had any branding on it. It was just genuine, thoughtful things, the way I would treat my friends um, to help the experience be amazing, like a montage. So fast forward, and this starts to really pick up steam. And uh, my clients are posting all about it on Instagram and social media, tagging me and you know, I, I'm talking 30 days post-close, they would get a call from my favorite local restaurant. Hey, congratulations on the sale or purchase of your home from 30 days ago. Jay wants to send you and your husband, you and your wife, you and whoever, dinner for two on him, round trip transportation included. When can you come? And that would all get done in 30 days post-close. They're taking pictures of themselves having dinner, tagging me, all things I didn't ask for because I just really wanted to make the experience amazing. Yeah. But it doesn't take a genius to know that like what goes around comes around. And pretty soon, this was fueling an army of repeat and referral business from raving fans. Raving fans that um, turned passive referrals of what once was probably, yeah, you, you should use Jay. He was great, you know, to this is the only guy you should call. You know, if you're thinking about working with someone else, you're wrong, hire him kind of stuff. So that helped thrive the business. This is all a long-winded way of getting to the, answering your question. No worries. Um, no worries. So in 2015, that kind of put a few things on the map for me. And um, I was named 30 under 30 by the National Association of Realtors, summer of 2015. So with that, you know, there's more articles going out, um, interviews. Um, podcasts weren't so heavy back then, but um, lots of panels. I was asked to be on lots of panels. I kept sharing my story. And basically just giving everyone the playbook. This is what you should do. This is what I do, you know, and uh, people would write it all down. And pretty soon, I forget how Inman came about, but they asked me to be on a panel. So I did a panel in like 2016. Then I did another one. Then I did another one. And then I, I finally said, hey, let me get the stage. I, I want 15 minutes uninterrupted to talk about this. And that was in January 2018 when I did one in New York called Delivering Seven Star Service in a Three Star Industry. Um, It's still on YouTube. And I break everything down. And it was actually in that moment on that trip that I realized I've been talking about this on panels for so long. I've been sharing this with, at that time, I I was a co-owner of of a Remax franchise with like 20 agents. So I was telling them everything to do. And I was like, you know what? You could... You could tell any you could tell anyone how to get a six pack, right? But like it's they don't they they don't have one not because there's a shortage of information, it's a shortage of execution, right? <laughs> so um, in thinking about that, um, it kind of just dawned on me like, what if what if we just did this for people? What if like I could automate this for people and they would never have to think about it? Because I believe that most people, if they said, yeah, I love everything you're doing, if I could press a button and it would do it. I would do it. And that's how Client Giant was born. Um, so it was all a byproduct of everything that was had been done years prior. Right. So that's how the that then Inman asked me to come back again in August 2018 to do another solo speaking gig. Yeah. Wow. Let me let me see how good I am and remember it. Cause I look, you I was I was one of those people who 
was blown away by what you were doing. Uh, and really, this, the, um, how sincere and authentic you were on stage about it. It's, this is not some gimmicky thing. And you better be really damn consistent with what you're doing because if someone's going to rave about you, they're going to be expecting those same things. <laughs> Right. When they get referred. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I know there was a bottle of wine when, um, you know, you're pretty sure the deal was going to go all the way through, uh, moving boxes, the emergency moving kit, dig that. That was, that was toilet paper, paper towels, a Domino's gift card. If I remember right. Right. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then, then there was all, there were some things that happened. I thought th- these were amazing. Um, a handyman showing up when they're moving in or some right, right after they move in to see if they could do anything. A gardener that, of the, that you worked with to help, if, you know, kind of clean up the place if they needed any help there. The mobile car wash. I mean, it, these things are amazing. And and as you're you're laying them out, uh, me, much like most people in the audience, probably just uh, running a little tab <laughs> on how much all that costs. Yeah. And talk about that because you, yeah. you had a very clear Yeah, let's talk message. about that. Yeah, you had a very clear message about where you spend your money is for marketing or where, where do you spend your money as a realtor? Yeah. So first and foremost, I never spent any money on the cold marketing. So I didn't do the flyers, the postcards that just sold the, the cold leads for a few reasons. One, lots of it's a waste of money and you know, it works for a lot of people, whatever, but two, and probably more importantly is I didn't want them. Um, I don't want the cold leads. I don't want, honestly, I don't want a hot lead of someone who I don't know because there's a, huge chance they're going to be a royal pain in my ass, right? And they're just going to grind me on commission right out of the gate, challenge my knowledge. It's not an enjoyable phone call. What I want is your best friend, Bill. You know what I mean? Like I want, I want built-in forgiveness right out of the gate. I want that validation and trust where your friend just goes, look, I don't want to do the shopping. Bill said, you're the guy. So let's get it going. That's what he wants. And that's what I want. (laughs) So that's, you know, you, the the thing is we forget is that clients, they don't want to shop either. Like the last thing I want to do is shop for uh, a GC, right. Or a new couch or anything. I want someone to be like, this is the couch to buy. This is the GC to hire. And I don't want to shop anyone because I just want it done. So if the client wants that, and if your favorite source of business or referrals, what are you doing for that? So I knew I'm happy to put the money there. Now, I think it's easy to say for those, because this is like nationwide, right? And so people go, okay, here's a real estate agent from Orange County, California, talking about how good he is at taking care of clients. It doesn't take a genius to realize he's got the money to do it. That's wrong. So here's the deal. I was never a luxury agent or anything like that. In fact, my specialty was really buyers and first-time buyers. So Back in 2015, I mean, go back 2012, 2013, I'm talking, I was doing $140,000 condos, okay, $300,000 houses. A big deal for me would be something over five. But here's the thing is like on a 500K deal, if you're going to get 12,500 bucks after split, maybe it's nine, 10, whatever, still nine or $10,000, right? So it's like, am I, to to me, will I drop $1,000 into a client that just made me 10? Every day of the week, I will not even think twice about it. And most people don't operate from that space because holy shit, that's a thousand dollars. And I don't, there's no certainty there. Um, I know well enough that on the macro level, if you did that a hundred times, you're going to make way more money than what you put out. So I was happy to do it. 
and all of those things left an impact. So now if someone's going to go look up something, they're not getting their cars washed and a handyman at their house and all this like luxury concierge service from just the next guy down the street. That's awesome. You, you, let's talk about client giant. You, you, you walk away from this experience you mentioned knowing, wow, there, this is, this is a pain point I can solve, right? Which is what, you know, what every entrepreneur is looking for, right? How can I create something unique that has a, an audience? And, um, and so you've had, it's, it's been around since 2018, 2019-ish, right? But you're also doing more than just the things you just laid out for realtors. You're also doing some things in other verticals or also, um, you know, annual kind of things. Talk about the different, I'll call them flows, right? That Client Giant has. Yeah. So Client Giant, when we launched, which was in uh, the middle of 2018, it was a client care automated system. So primarily comprised of two a two-prong approach and heavily used by real estate and mortgage professionals. Right. One of those was called, and still is to this day, real estate transaction packages. That's what delivers the experience. So everything we've talked about, like the moving boxes, the dinner, all the stuff that's happening on a cadence of touches throughout a deal, um, that would be a transaction package. So that was one um, series of services launched. Yeah. And the second one, is for client retention. So what about all the past clients? What about all the people that have already trusted you? Um, what are you doing with them? Most people are doing like a market update or whatever, which there's nothing wrong with that. That stuff's actually great, but it lives in a different world. It lives in a marketing bucket, right? You're sending out marketing materials, which are great. People appreciate them. But what I'm talking about is a hospitality bucket. What are you doing to just show people you care in a selfless way that does not point back to you? And so again, something I did since 2012, quarterly gifts to all my clients, not little tchotchkes, not little pop buys, actual gifts. So like the first one I ever did in January of, I think, 2012 or something was um, an umbrella. So it went out to like 50 past clients and just said, it was in January and it was like, hey, if you don't have an umbrella, keep this in your car. And if it rains, you're set. And if you already have one, if you catch someone out in the rain without one, pull over and give it to them. And I, I used to keep dozens of umbrellas and I'm in Southern California. It rains like twice every two years. Right. And you just see the look on someone's face when you pull over and hand them an umbrella. They honestly think you're about to like stab them to death. Like it's sad. No one thinks that, oh my God, this person is going to give me something I need right now. So that part of Client Giant is called Top of Mind or Top of Mind Plus, which is what I call plugging your active leaks. Any, If it's conceivable that anyone you've worked with in the past could hire someone else unbeknownst to you, that's a leak. You need to plug it. Yeah. Every three months, drip on them with something authentic, and that will take care of itself. So that's how Client Giant came out of the gate um, in 2018. And since then, yes, a lot of it has evolved. So there's all kinds of stuff. Um, in the world of real estate, we've got uh, the looking box for people who just signed up a new home buyer, the listing package for anyone who just got a listing, one-off gifts. One of my favorite ones is situational gifting, meaning once your clients are imported in the portal, everything's designed to be like one touch because your payment information's in there. We curate the gifts. We write the messages. We know the address of the client. You don't have to do anything. There's no e-commerce checkout like you're used to. You literally say, Bill just had a baby one click new baby gift and you don't have to think about anything oh this person got covid one click get well soon box goes to their house um and so that came about and then a ton of different series of client retention plans for 
the the legal space, medical, nonprofit, financial services, um, it's all on there. And now there's an entire division of the company that is from employer to employee. So nice. that really hit during COVID um, when people were deemed essential or non-essential, couldn't go to work. Um, there was a lack of connection with their employers. And this was a way to stay connected and show them that you're thinking about them. So employers started gifting their employees. And now if you go to the clientgiant.com website, you'll see a client care section of everything and employee happiness section of everything. I would love, I, I would guess that you've got some case studies about the success of Client Giant. Um, I'd love to hear like one of your favorite success stories, like an agent who had, had come back to you to say, thanks, Jay, for doing this. Guess what happened for, to me? Yeah, this, this is interesting because when we came out of the gate, we said, hey, um, we're your secret weapon. So we didn't expect people to want to talk about it, you know, um, because if I was using a service like this, I might not want the competitor down the street to know. Yeah. I think it's safe to say that for the most part, that hypothesis was wrong because people share us all the time and like they're happy to like tell people and share the love of what their secret sauce is. So that's been cool because it has it has triggered a lot of member case studies, member testimonials and a lot of shared client reactions. So what is the recipient doing? How are they reacting? That will get shared with us. And we have these on our website. There's, it's a bottomless. If you scroll, you could scroll forever and see client reactions. And then a ton of member testimonials of people that, you know, we don't really reach out to them. They say, oh my God, like this changed my business. I'm, you know, it saved me so much time or my ROI on top of mine alone is like 2000%. That's no exaggeration. I hear the 1800, 2000% um, more often than I hear like triple digits. I hear four, I hear four digits and it doesn't take a genius to see it because if you did the math, it, you know, if I'm making call it $10,000 on a deal as a real estate agent, and I put a hundred people on top of mine for $99 a person, that's 9,900 bucks I'm spending Call it 10 grand. Yep. That's going to get a hundred people that know me, like me and trust me one gift every quarter. That's 400 unique touches. What do you think is going to happen every quarter when a hundred people get a random gift? Um, you think your phone's going to ring? You think some things are going to happen? Let's say that 399 of those touches went terribly wrong and only one generated a referral, you you broke even, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's yeah. very hard to lose money on top of mind. Yeah. So so as far as case studies, one of my favorite ones actually came in yesterday. Let me, let me read it to you. Um, we internally, we have a Slack channel here and we have a shout outs channel and it's just constantly posts of, of shout outs from people. Nice. And, uh, yesterday one came, Oh, one just came in while you and I were on the phone. <laughs> oh, two came in while you and I were on the phone. This one came in yesterday, by the way, close. This is from a member of ours, by the way, closed the deal last week off a of client giant recipient about 100 K in revenue. Thank you. Client giant. That's, um, that's in the financial services space. So I mean, they're bottomless. They're they're all over the place, and they're all over our website too. And there's not like a ton of them because we don't. We probably should do a better job of like asking for them. But they're the ones that people email us with something like this, and we go, "Hey, are you cool with us putting on this on the side?" They go, "Yeah." Then it's on there. Wow, Jay, I'm just gonna guess that this strategy works in every possible market, right? We're shifting right now. We came out of this crazy pandemic market that who could have predicted and now things are changing. I would assume this is important in all of those. It, it is. I mean, I'm 
I'm happy that you mentioned that because at the end of the day, no one ever went broke from giving, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd say when things are going really well, very important to not just ride that wave, but you know, double down and invest in your people. And on the other side of things, when things aren't going so well, you know, it's natural to claw back on expenses, right? I encourage everyone, whether it's client giant or anything you're doing, taking care of people or like charities you're donating to, whatever it is. I really encourage people not to claw back there because it's not an expense. It is an investment in so many different ways. And the solution to saving your business during a downtime is not abandoning your customers. You know, that is not the solution. So we have a mixed bag there. You know, I think when people join Client Giant, it's sometimes for one of two reasons. Um, The first is my least favorite reason, where it's nothing but selfish. And it's, um, Mm -hmm. it's a campaign. It's okay. So here's the deal. We're going to put a hundred people on this. We're going to measure it for six months. If we don't hear back from these people, this and that. And I'm like, dude, if you hear from them or you don't hear from them, you're making their day and you can better believe they're talking about you in a certain way, whether you hear about it or not. The way I compare it is like, who's your favorite author? Who's your favorite musician of all time that has changed your life? Have you ever written them a letter and told them? Probably not. Um, But you're probably telling everyone who will listen about them. So that's my least favorite reason is the selfish one, but it happens. And then the second one is people that are like, I don't really care how it comes back. I just want to do it because that's just who I am. What ends up happening is once someone uses client giant for a while, they start seeing the effects of both. They start to see the the selfish outcome of the inevitable ROI you are receiving from it, yeah. as well as how good it feels to be taking care of people. So um, yes, I, to answer your question, Bill, very important in every market. Um, I don't even, okay. I don't even sell real estate anymore. Right. Those clients I've told you about from 2012, when this all started, I was doing it manually. I have all of those people still on top of mind and sure I own the company, but it still costs me money and it costs me a lot of money. Right. I'm still sending them stuff and I don't even sell real estate anymore. Jay, this is great. It's time uh, for the final question. I asked this of every guest going back to summer of 2015. uh, One of your, one of your, uh, landmarks, milestones, but, um, the question is, what one piece of advice would you give a new agent just getting started in the business? Mm. This is a question that I didn't read, Bill. Um, <laughs> there's so much racing through my mind right now. But this is probably going to be a ton of things instead of one thing. But one of the first things I would say is that if you want to follow successful people, like one of the very first steps people t- take is to say, I'm going to do what so-and-so did because that's what they did when they got started. And that's what I'm going to do. I would challenge that advice a little bit because times change, right? So like if you talk to someone 30 years ago, they're like, you need to be out there flyering your farm every Saturday. That's how I got my, and it's like, if you follow those footsteps, you're probably never going to pierce through the noise. Right. Um, for me, I always, and to this day, the way I sell is the way I want to be sold to. So you can find people that are making 2 million a year calling expired listings, right? And you can find people doing FISBOs and all these different things. But I would highly encourage people to test the waters and lean into what they like to do. Because if you don't like to do it, 
it is not going to be sustainable, just like a diet that gets cheated on, right? You you really need to get comfortable in a way that you feel like this is me, this is my personality, um, and lean heavily into that. So if you're not a door knocking kind of person, don't door knock. Find something though that is effective, that you enjoy, that's not ultra passive, you know, and and get into it. And the other piece of advice that I'd give is throw yourself into the fire sooner rather than later. You're never going to have all the information. So stop it with the bullshit trainings and the webinar after webinar after webinar. You, the only way you're going to get ready is to throw your ass into the fire and to just get in those uncomfortable conversations where you have to say, I don't know, or I will figure out, figure it out. That is the expedited way to get closings. Wow. Jay, this has been great. Um, what What's the best way for someone to reach out if they wanted to get in touch with you? Yeah, so I'd, I'd say the best way for Client Giant is to go to the website, clientgiant.com. There is a live chat feature on there. We have the best customer service that I've ever experienced ever. You will get a live person inside of one minute nice. um, during business hours. I'm not on any social media bill at all. Haven't been for years. Okay. So to get a hold of me, um, I do have a LinkedIn and I check it infrequently, but I do check it. So Jay O'Brien on LinkedIn, you can find me there and we can do a special little promo for your listeners too. So if you sign up on Client Giant, um, you schedule a call with someone or they call you, here's three options for you. On top of mind, this is what I recommend for agents is get started immediately on top of mind to plug your active leaks, right? That's very important. I recommend being bullish with this sample size. The same way I use the 100 per person example and very, very difficult to lose on that. Think about that. Think about what market you're in. Think about what a referral is worth and think about how you want to lean in. Um, if you're going to put 10 people on top of mind, don't expect it to work straight up. I mean, it might, it might work, right. But it's like sending out 10 postcards. Yeah. Like you want to lean pretty heavily into it, have a good enough sample size. And if you do that and you plug your active leaks, there's a couple benchmarks that we'll do for your audience. So at 25 people, put 25 people on top of mind, you'll get a free top of mind plan, a 26th for free. Okay. If you put 50 people on, you'll get a free gold package. That's the transaction package I was referring to, where there's a series of touches that go throughout the whole deal. We'll do a gold package, which is 349 bucks, by the way. We'll do it for free, and that's six touches on that. And then 100 or more, we'll do a platinum. And the platinum is really cool because there's um, a touch in there that's called a gift catered to your client's interests, meaning the wow. gift that goes out to them is specifically to them. So Bill would probably get some Padre stuff yes. and um, you're, and you see everything well in advance. You get a, a two day notification prior to every touch, but that one is $599. So you put a hundred people on top of mind, which you should do anyway, you get 600 bucks for, to try out a package for free. Nice. Nice. Just, just mention Bill Risser's name. Awesome. First time I've ever had that happen. I love that. <laughs> Jay, Jay, thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed the, the conversation and, and I just can't stress enough how, how I think you just hit it out of the park uh, at Inman. It was just fantastic. And it was my first chance to see you, see you one-on-one uh, -on -one and it was, it was what a great job and continued success with Client Giant moving forward. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Real Estate Sessions. Please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash RE Sessions to leave a review or a rating and subscribe to The Real Estate Sessions podcast at your favorite podcast listening app.